You'll want to bring your whole family in to listen to this episode of the Treasure Box Books podcast. We are about to hear some amazing stories of what God is doing in a far-off corner of the world. Stay tuned. I've been sitting around many a campfire at midnight, Mm. uh, especially in the month of September, which is our hunting month in Alaska. Mm. When you're just sleeping under a tarp, you know, the skies are clear, it's not raining, the stars are out, Mm. and then the aurora comes out. Oh, wow. Wow. But also they come to Alaska with the great, great hope It is the number one thing on their bucket list to see the aurora. And the best I can figure out is that coming from an atheistic background, seeing the aurora is the nearest thing to a God experience that they can have, and they crave it greatly. God is love, Mm. and he died in our place, and even became sin for us. Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hi friends, welcome to the Treasure Box Books Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ching, a redeemed child of God, happy husband and homeschooling dad, and lifelong lover of good books. Fellow Dad, are you eager to fill your children's hearts with truth and faith and wisdom and courage? Do you long to build growing, lasting, God-centered relationships with your family? If you're ready to inspire and equip your children to walk with God by learning and living together, then come join us on our journey, and let's go find the treasures in books. Back in 2021, a missionary friend called me to tell me about a pastor in Fairbanks, Alaska. And he said, this pastor has a unique and very effective ministry to the Chinese people there. Chinese people in the middle of Alaska? I was intrigued. Before long, I spoke with Pastor Bruce Hamilton on the phone and was pleasantly surprised to learn just how much he and I had in common with our love for the Chinese people and our desire to share the gospel of Christ with them, and even our philosophy of ministering to these people. Who would have ever thought that God would bring China to Fairbanks, Alaska? But he does, uh, sometimes for the same reasons that they are here, and that's restaurants, tour businesses, they're very business-minded people. But also they come to Alaska with the great, great hope It is the number one thing on their bucket list to see the aurora. So they come to Alaska by the thousands. Now this is BC before COVID. They come to Alaska by by the thousands to see the aurora and, and Fairbanks is one of the number one places in the world to see the aurora. And so God has used that and given Lena and I an open door the Holy Spirit just very suddenly and shockingly brought Chinese people into our ministry circle. And the ripple effect has continued to this day. So for five and a half years, 
the circle of ministry with the Asian people, now including Vietnamese, Filipino, others, has just continued to grow to where now it is a seven day a week ministry sharing the gospel or building gospel bridges with these people. The Lord allowed Pastor Bruce Hamilton to write God of the Aurora, a 247-page book about the amazing ministry opportunities God has given him and his wife. And my family just finished reading this book for family time in early October this year. We've been on the edge of our seats many times, laughing, nodding and understanding, sometimes on the verge of tears, as we have heard how God providentially led people to cross paths with Pastor Bruce and his wife, Lena. In April 2022, it was my great pleasure to spend a few days with Pastor Bruce at his home and tag along with him in his ministry in Fairbanks, Alaska, and personally meet some of the precious souls God has allowed him to lead to the Lord Jesus Christ. In this episode, Pastor Bruce is joining me to talk about his book, God of the Aurora, the Holy Spirit's Call to the Asian People, and to talk about some of the stories and some of the background of this book. Pastor Bruce Hamilton, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you so much for making time to talk with me today. I know that you really wanted to be with your wife this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> situations I would but she's out shopping right now and uh, so that's that's not where I want to be <laughs> well I appreciate that you're taking the time to be here God of the Aurora is the book that I just finished reading to my family the beginning of this month it's the first book of yours that I've read but it's not your first book uh, so before right. you tell us about God of the Aurora could you tell us a little bit about your earlier books Sure. I wrote two Alaskan adventure novels. They classify as historical fiction. Okay. The actual storyline is fiction, but I draw from true life experiences that I've had in my 55 years in Alaska. Mm. And um, so the first book is entitled God of the Brooks. Okay. And when I wrote God of the Brooks, I did not envision writing two more books to kind of partner with it as a somewhat of a trilogy. Okay. But God of the Brooks begins with a plane crash in the Brooks Range. It's a beautiful mountain range, mm. 200 miles north of Fairbanks. And uh, the pilot, my character's friend, is killed in the crash. My character barely survives. Mm. He's got to heal up from his wounds, and his challenge is to get off that dangerous mountain mm. in the Aragetch Mountains before the storms blow him off the mountain Wow! and then he's got to survive the wilderness and so that's what the story is about survival in Alaska both physically spiritually and emotionally oh wow and you said these books were based on actual events of I'm assuming uh, other people were you in a plane crash thankfully not my dad survived a bush plane crash in oh. the wilderness mm. so I draw from that and that's what initiates the storyline. Okay. And okay. I weave the gospel in and out of the, the story mm -hmm. as well as 
some very heavy devotional thoughts because I was going through a rough time in my life hmm. at that time, and it actually is what motivated me to write the book. Okay. That was God of the Brooks, and what was the second book? second book was a couple of years later, God of the Gold, and that's uh, a gold hunting adventure. Okay. That book was a little more fun to write because it, it didn't deal with such heavy issues as the first book, even though people 10 years of age have enjoyed God of the Brooks mm. and as old as 90 years of age. I've gotten <laughs> emails from 90-year-old men who enjoyed mm. God of the Brooks, but uh -huh. God of the Gold was more fun to write. It's a gold hunting adventure on the Tolavana River north of mm. Fairbanks that also includes a lot of gospel. Amen. Well, you mentioned that that book is appropriate from young children all the way to 90-year-olds, and I, I think that's really the case with God of the Aurora as well. Mm. My my whole family, from the, well, probably the six-year-old up, they really enjoy Even my four-year-old, actually, enjoyed it. And my nearly 16-year-old and my wife and I loved reading and listening to God of the Aurora. I'm looking forward to reading your other two books. In God of the Aurora, you described your Alaskan flannel shirt personality. Can you expand on that a little bit? What that means, yeah, Alaskan flannel shirt personality? Why, it's why I'm not with my wife shopping right now. <laughs> Instead, I'm looking out of this beautiful house on a bluff south of Anchorage, Alaska, mm. and I'm looking out at the uh, low tide Mm. At, the, at the beach, the mountains, the mountains are snow-covered mm. right now. I'm a wilderness person. Mm -hmm. I'm more comfortable in the woods than I am in the city. Mm. And I'm also of that Western mentality, and I think Hawaiians can identify with it as well. I'm, I'm pretty laid back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I try not. I try not to get stressed out or in a hurry. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's good for the soul. So, yeah. but my wife, on the other hand, is very organized. Her college degree is in office administration and secretarial, ah. and she's very good at it. So she mm -hmm. helps balance me out with the finesse, um, <laughs> make, making sure I'm dressed appropriately when we're going to something special. Uh, <laughs> and, and he has ways of doing that. Yeah. So I appreciate the balance that she brings into our marriage. Amen. You know, we don't use ties in Hawaii, except maybe Christmas we might put on a tie or Easter. But if I go on a trip to the mainland, I have to prepare a suit in my luggage and take a couple of ties. Yeah. And I have her check it just to make sure everything is yeah. looking good. Well, here. you're a better man than I. I do not have my <laughs> wife check my luggage. And one time when I flew Fairbanks to Anchorage by myself... I really pushed the envelope when I took as my luggage a grocery bag <laughs> with a change of clothes and the rest of my items in there <laughs> and my Bible. And, and she said, you're really not going to do that, are you? And I said, I've been dreaming of this for years. Yes, I'm going to do it. <laughs> that sounds flannel. When I stayed in your guest apartment last year, I noticed you had several bookshelves of adventure books. I, I think there were Western novels and Louis L'Amour and that and that genre. Did you begin reading those books when you were a boy, or is that something you've picked up later on as an adult? Yeah, as a boy, at 10 years of age, 11 years of age, I started reading first the Sugar Creek Gang series, mm -hmm. and those were very interesting to me. I really enjoyed them. 
Yeah. And then uh, as a teenager, I graduated to Lewis Lamore Westerns, mm-hmm. which are clean Westerns that always have a villain and a good guy, and the good uh-huh. guy always wins. Uh-huh. And, of course, uh, guns and shootouts. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, but then later on, as a young adult, I came across a uh, Time Life series called Classics of the Old West. And they were leather-bound books, no Mm -hmm. longer in circulation. So I would look for them in used bookstores. Uh, There was about 20 in the set, and it took me about six or eight years to find all 20. (laughs) But I have bequeathed those books to my son, who, who also loves to read. He's a pastor, but he loves that kind of reading. And so, uh, I actually just gave him a box full of those two days ago. Mm. I will have to ask you to come back on here another time when we have time to do that. I am thinking about an episode on should Christians read Westerns? Mm. And I'm thinking of that because that's a genre that I enjoy. My boys and I enjoy that. There's a bunch of garbage out there within that genre. But you would just mention it's been years. It's been probably, I don't know, 25 years since I've read Louis L'Amour. And I enjoyed it as a boy, but I don't remember what's in it. So my appetite is whetted now to get Mm -hmm. back to that. That will be a future episode, I hope, that we can talk about sometime. Mm. Future episode. Did those books influence your thinking and your lifestyle? Or did you feel like the lifestyle was... Your, your flannel shirt mentality and that lifestyle, was that something uh, that was already no, in that direction? Books, those books complemented my lifestyle, but they they didn't initiate it. I, I was uh, born in Arizona and raised in Alaska, mm. so I already had that mentality and that culture around mm-hmm. me. Uh-huh. However, the Louis L'Amour books and the classics of the old west really encouraged that and i could relate to those books so i actually borrowed a lot or learned a lot from lewis lamore's writing style Mm. and zane gray yeah those kind of guys that i incorporated into god of the brooks okay oh well now i'm really looking forward to god of the brooks yes (laughs) well pastor bruce some christians believe that we ought to be concerned only with spiritual or eternal things but not to enjoy nature or invest any time or energy into the physical world. Just spending a few days with you last year and communicating with you over the past year and a half and reading your book and talking with you right now, I'm wondering, would it be correct to say that you personally delight in God's physical creation as well as work diligently to lay up treasures in heaven? Well, I don't see how you can separate the two Mm. because, uh, for instance, the psalmist says the heavens declare the glory of God Mm -hmm. and the firmament reveals his handiwork. Mm -hmm. And I've been sitting around many a campfire at midnight, Mm. uh, especially in the month of September, which is our hunting month in Alaska, Mm. when uh, we can shoot grizzly bears, black bears, moose, caribou, wolf, (laughs) Anything that walks by just about is legal game in September. Hmm. But when you're just sleeping under a tarp, you're sleep. you know, the the skies are clear, it's not raining, the stars are out, Hmm. and then the aurora comes out. Wow. Wow. Hmm. Uh, You can't. I I actually one time scared two hunting buddies because the aurora came out, and I began singing to the top of my lungs, how great thou art. (laughs) And, uh... Amen. And I think it scared those two guys, but for me, <laughs> but 
there was no other option because my soul just wanted to praise the Lord because of God's creation. So the two are inextricably tied together. Amen. Amen. Several times in God of the Aurora, you refer to the exchange. And I was never familiar with that before you told me about it last year, and probably some of our listeners are not. Could you give our listeners a very brief summary of that presentation, what that is and what that's for? Yeah, the exchange message was written by Jeff and Anna Musgrave, and it's a four-part lesson on who God is and what he is like and what he expects from us. What is he looking for from us? Mm. And and we've had it translated into simplified Chinese. Uh, We asked the Musgraves permission, and they said, yes, go for it. Mm. Now, since that time, they've had it translated into simplified Chinese professionally. We did ours through a friend, but it certainly stopped the bleeding because we really needed something quick because we Mm. had Chinese people lined up ready to to hear about the one true God. Mm -hmm. And so this this four-part lesson now... It takes us about six weeks, six appointments to get an American through it, but it takes about 10 or 12 appointments mm-hmm. to get a Chinese person through it. Okay. But it's four lessons. God is holy, God mm. is just, God is love, and God is gracious. Mm. And by the time you get to lesson three, God is love, and you get halfway through that lesson, the person is given the opportunity very gently to receive Christ or not receive Christ. Mm. And if they choose not to receive Christ at that point, there's absolutely no pressure put on them other than to continue doing the Bible study and wait on the Holy Spirit to speak to their heart. But frequently, by the middle of the third lesson, they are so under conviction of sin, knowing that God is holy and what and that really he expects perfection from us mm. but it's impossible for us to give that to god yeah and so that's when lesson three comes in that god is love mm. and he died in our place and even became sin for us mm. and there's some Amen. very powerful illustrations in there that you and the student go through together almost like you act out these illustrations Uh that emphasize our sinfulness our unworthiness and god's love Mm. and it's very powerful and uh, Mm. matter of fact we're in as i mentioned to you we're in anchorage right now having just visited uh, my son and his family and our grandbabies we're on our way back home tomorrow and we have chinese people waiting for us to get home to Mm. start this bible study with them because people around them have accepted Christ and they've expressed a desire to do the same. So Amen. We're, this thing keeps us very excited, very motivated. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not only the exchange message, but just working with foreign people who are not secure. They don't feel secure in this country yet. Mm. They're not self-confident yet. And that's a good time to share the gospel. Amen, amen. I don't remember that you mentioned this in your book, but you told me that you were hit with some sort of sickness that sapped your energy for for several years. Did those years overlap at any point in your ministry to the Asian people when that ministry began? No, I I can see the Lord was preparing me during the six and a half year illness from 07 to 13. Mm. 
I, I got hit with a powerful virus in February of 07, mm. went into my nervous system in the back of my brain, oh. did uh, a lot of damage and mm. gave me a chronic fatigue syndrome mm. until, uh, and then I got, I got completely well um, in 2013 by August of 13. Mm. But the first year I was housebound pretty much bedridden mm. uh, the second year I was able to venture out a little bit and I was also back to preaching mm. uh, Sunday mornings only mm-hmm. and then the third year a little bit stronger and on and on like that but mm-hmm. that was actually uh, the time when I began writing God of the Brooks because mm. I wanted to accomplish something during the day even if it was just one paragraph of that mm. book. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, uh-huh. so that's actually when my writing <laughs> career began. And uh-huh. also the Lord brought two adult men to my house. One was native Alaskan. One was American guy. Both of them wanting to be saved, the Holy huh. Spirit working on them. And so I barely had the strength to kneel beside them and listen to them pray. Mm. But the Lord let me lead a couple guys to Christ that first year of my illness and start God of the Brooks. And then he began chiseling away at me for March 23 of 16 when that uh, wonderful flight took place from Seattle to Fairbanks that Uh changed our lives. Okay, so that brings us, Pastor Bruce, to the moment that I have been waiting for in our conversation. Would you tell us, and I'm going to have to say briefly tell us, because I want yeah. people to get your book and read the story. Yeah. So yeah. if you would just, uh, if you can tell us the story without giving too much detail so that our appetites yeah. are whetted. In fact, I have your book right here. I don't know if you can see me in the camera there, but I've got your book right here. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's dog-eared and marked up with underlines and notes. This is a book I want to read again. And I want all of my listeners to, to get this book for their families. So if you would just give us a taste of what the story of Row 6 is all about. Yeah. Could you do that for us? Well, yeah. <laughs> called the story of row six because i was flying home from grants pass oregon preached a bible conference and uh on the seattle fairbanks leg of the flight i was about to board the plane looked at my boarding pass and saw that i was seated in the back of the plane and i went up to the kiosk and i asked the lady could i please be moved closer to the front of the plane she (laughs) reassigned me to row six Uh uh-huh by the time I got to row six, I did not realize that that while I was boarding, the stewardess told two Chinese girls who were going to school in Seattle, but flying to Fairbanks on spring break uh, on March 23 of 16, uh, they were flying to Fairbanks to see the Aurora. Mm. I didn't know that the stewardess had told them, move to row six. Mm. And they looked at her, they told me this later, and they said, why must we move? We are comfortable here. Hmm. He said, here's their words. The lady, she did not answer. Hmm. They unhappily gathered their items and moved to row six. (laughs) 
and then I came along and sat next to them, which mm. probably made them even more upset because <laughs> here's this American old guy. But uh, by the time the flight landed, they had seen pictures of our family and the Aurora and our church, and they wanted to meet my wife, Lena, mm. especially. And so they did. They came to church on Easter Sunday. That's what that, that Sunday was. Oh. And the rest is history. From from then, we learned about the grandmother who was mm. praying for them. Mm. The grandmother heard about us and invited us to come to Hong Kong and share the gospel with the whole family. Mm. So we did. And by the time we got back to Fairbanks from Hong Kong, the word had spread about row six. And <laughs> it just snowballed mm -hmm. from there. The opportunities just went through the roof Amen. because of that experience. And I wonder sometimes, Nathan, if, if it wasn't partly our willingness to go all the way to Hong Kong to share the gospel for a grandmother. Mm. Maybe, I don't know this, but maybe the Holy Spirit said, here's a couple of people I can trust with the gospel. Mm. I'm going to put them a whole bunch of Asian people. Amen. Well, I hope this conversation with Pastor Bruce Hamilton has been interesting, informative, and inspiring to your whole family. And I want to encourage you to buy his book, God of the Aurora, available at Pastor Bruce's website, godofalaska.com. I mentioned to Pastor Bruce that I hope many of you will buy his book and give it as a Christmas gift. And he said that he will sign the book and send it out to hopefully get it to you in time for a Christmas gift. So please jump on this opportunity as soon as you can to get God of the Aurora. Again, Pastor Bruce's website for this book and his other books and his music CDs is godofalaska.com. Originally, this interview with Pastor Bruce lasted over an hour, so I've divided the conversation into two episodes and plan to publish the remainder of the recording in the next episode of the Treasure Box Books podcast. Again, I welcome your entire family to listen. There's so much more to learn from this godly servant of the Lord, and I want each of you to benefit from what he has to share with us. All the books mentioned in this episode, as well as some quotes from Pastor Bruce and some pictures taken in Alaska, are all waiting for you at treasureboxbooks.com. Just click on episode 9 to find these resources. If you heard something helpful today or feel better equipped to lead your family, maybe you have a friend who could benefit from this episode too. Don't keep it to yourself. Hit share in your podcast app or take a screenshot of this episode and share it with a friend. Or just post a link on Facebook to treasureboxbooks.com and let your friends know that this episode might encourage them. You can find any links and resources mentioned today on the episode page linked below, or just head over to treasureboxbooks.com and sign up to get our newsletter to keep you informed about future episodes and product releases. And if you've got a book recommendation or experience or idea you'd like to share with other dads, send me an email. My address is nathan at treasureboxbooks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until we meet again, keep leading your family to find the treasures in books. <laughs>